Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pardon My Pancreas. My name is Matt Vandevecht, and I'm a certified trainer and nutritionist, one of your hosts today, and the other host is Ali Abdul Karim. He is a social media influencer, an incredible guy, and we are both type 1 diabetics here to share our knowledge and experiences with you. We occasionally interview people that are very knowledgeable in the diabetic world, sometimes doctors, sometimes influencers, people living with it. And this episode is brought to you by FTF Warrior, an online health coaching company for diabetics. And we will go further by saying this is not medical advice in any manner. We are not doctors. We will never be doctors. And nothing said on this podcast is meant to replace your doctor's order. So consult your doctors before you make changes. Without any further ado, let's get into... Hey everyone, welcome to Pardon My Pancreas Podcast. Today we've got a special guest for you. We're talking to Chef Robert. He's going to talk to us about his uh, diagnosis story with type 2 diabetes, as well as some his uh, cooking tips and tricks. So we're super excited to have him on. Thank you, Chef Robert, for jumping on today with us. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. Now, uh, I actually met you back yeah, at a TCOID event in November. I don't know if you remember uh, that. <laughs> I absolutely do. I think I did the Rebel Yell. I was in San Diego. Oh, right. Yeah, we all joined up for the Warrior Call, and I think we scared half the conference with our uh, our loud voices. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was fun. It, it was fun. And uh, if I remember correctly, your family is Dutch. Is that right? They are. On, on my wife's side, they're all Dutch. That's awesome. And I'm obviously uh, part of a Dutch lineage as well with, with the last name like Van de Vecht. It's, uh, it's a tough one to spell, but yeah, that, that Dutch is strong. So I had it a fun is. time chatting with them about Dutch culture, and it sounds like they are uh, very knowledgeable about it. Yeah, they're, they're all over it for sure. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, so if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe uh, jump into your diagnosis story. Sure. Happy to. So um, – Basically, I am a chef living with type 2 diabetes. So back in 1998, I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes. Not much history of it in my family that we knew about. So it was kind of a, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say a shock, but it was kind of out of nowhere. And um, so really from, you know, that diagnosis became kind of my passion and challenge to try to figure out okay, Robert, how can I do better? How can I survive this disease? How can I manage it in a way that enhances my life, uh, doesn't change it at all? And of course, being a newly diagnosed diabetic back then, lots of um, nervousness about it, lots of denial, uh, not sure what to do, heard a lot of different opinions about things. But the long and short of it was, had this diabetic spiritual awakening, I like to call it, after a two-day class about diabetes and learned everything about it that I could and then just started formulating. Of course, being a chef, I love to eat. So I started formulating some foods that might be considered foods that I could eat in my diabetic lifestyle that were healthier and tasted really good. And I couldn't really find any uh, recipes that I really liked, either in a cookbook or otherwise. So I just started creating recipes and Long story short, people said, wow, these are really great. Where can I buy your cookbook? And I thought, well, that's a great idea. Hmm. And so the birth of my brand, The Happy Diabetic, kind of came out of my own necessity to just do better, live better, eat better, 
and realizing that maybe I can help others be successful like me. And that's really what brings us to where we are today and, and my opportunity to speak all over the planet and work closely with the folks at TCOID, taking control of your diabetes.org. And, um, you know, written three best selling cookbooks. And I'm just passionate about helping people live better, eating with diet, you know, eating better and living better uh, who have diabetes or that, anybody who wants to eat healthy. That's incredible. And I love that you and I share the same passion, which is helping other people attain that healthier life and uh, showing them that it's possible. Uh, you mentioned when you became, or when you're diagnosed with diabetes, that you started trying to find meals that you could cook because you like food. I mean, I think a lot of us like food, <laughs> uh, but obviously you have more of a connection to food. Um, were you a chef before you were diagnosed with diabetes? I, I, I was. So that's a great question. So I, I was born and raised in Southern California. And so after high school, trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grow up, um, had the opportunity and was accepted to the Culinary Institute of America, which is a a really great chef school, kind of the Harvard of chef schools in New York. And off I went at the age of, uh, I think I was 19 at the time. And um, yeah, so off I went to, to learn the trade, came back to LA, worked for uh, a large international hotel company and spent the next couple of years traveling all over the country working for that brand. I was the director of training and corporate chef for Cracker Barrel Restaurants in Nashville, Tennessee. I owned a couple restaurants. Um, So yeah, I I was a chef and and into it full bore. That is incredible. Yeah. And I wasn't going to let diabetes, you know, slow me down at that point. But yeah, I had always been a chef. That's really all I've ever done. Uh, it's kind of my passion. Yeah, I can see that. You've, you've uh, put a lot of your work and effort into it. And at what point in that journey were you diagnosed? Um, so that's, that's a good story. I was, this was in 1998. So I, I live in, in um, eastern Iowa, right on the banks of the Mississippi River, about two hours west of Chicago. So I've worked at a company uh, for about 25 years. And so in that part of the journey, and I'm a corporate chef and a director of training for a chain of 50 restaurants, we have, um, we're in seven different states, mostly in the Midwest, small regional chain. And so that's how my journey started. Wow. And so as you found new ways to enjoy food as someone living with diabetes, uh, what would you say is your favorite dish that you've ever created that is also uh, it fits into your diet. Okay. That's, that's, thank you for the caveat because I was about to talk a lot about macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Um, I love stir fry, quick fry, light sauteing, uh, vegetables and meats with an Asian flair. I think those are some of my favorite things. Um, I love short ribs. I love barbecue, which isn't always healthy. Um, (laughs) But what I have learned about the way I like to eat, and I like to think of it as turning ordinary ingredients into something extraordinary, is Mm. I think the number one thing that's really helped me with my diabetic lifestyle way of eating was I was able, and, and, and still am today, to get a handle on what is the perfect portion for me. Mm. I don't think there's any silver bullet food. I don't think there's any silver bullet idea necessarily to help 
really, and I, I don't want to use the word cure, but to help with, with my diabetes. But for me, I think it's always been about balancing exercise, medicine, seeing my doctor and managing my portions and eating lower carbohydrate foods, a little less fat, um, you know, a little less salt, but managing the portions has been the biggest, I think, single change in my diabetic lifestyle way of eating. Oh yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head with that one where, you know, people are always asking, what's the best diet? What's the best thing I can eat? The same thing every day. And ultimately if you're eating the same thing every day, at some point you get to a, an area of life where it affects your quality of life. And the way that you're talking about, uh, same that I agree with as well, is moderation, find the right portions, find balance. You know, it's not about having perfection. It's about finding a way to, to live healthy and happy. And those need to go hand in hand. Because if you're losing your mind, but you have your diabetes perfectly controlled, well, what kind of quality of life is that? And so I think right. you really touched on finding a way to live happy and healthy which I right. guess maybe that's where you got the happy diabetic from. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Uh, and and I get very frustrated. Again, I, I'm only speaking from my standpoint, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, everyone is everyone is their own person in their own, own way of thinking. But for me, I need a, a way of eating and exercising that creates a lifestyle that I could do every day Absolutely. and do for the rest of my life. That's where I think I get very nervous about fad diets about oh, yeah. <laughs> um, herbal remedies, about things that are kind of a flash in the pan that, I mean, seriously, let's just be honest for a moment. Do I, do I want to give up eating a baked potato? I mean, do I want to give up eating a cheeseburger? I mean, no. Or a Hershey bar? I don't think so. But mm -hmm. my point would be, again, in moderation. Exactly. And, and create a lifestyle way of eating that, that works well. And I can just tell you uh, – my my numbers, my A1C numbers are in line, and I'm am doing good. Uh, and it can be a roller coaster, you know that. Mm -hmm. But um, I've had very good results with my medicine that I take, the exercise program I'm on, the fact that I see my doctors, all of them, eye dentist, endocrinologist regularly, mm -hmm. and I try to eat healthy. Yeah. And I mean, just like you said, you know, you can have the cheeseburger. That's not against the rules, but don't have the cheeseburger for every meal every day, right? That's right. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. You have to find that balance like everything in life. Yeah. Well, then we'll go into balance then. Um, with your, your plan that you've come up with, the diet, exercise, doctor's visits, what is um, your favorite way to exercise? What's something fun for uh, you? You know what? I like walking and listening to podcasts, Ooh, walking and listening to music. Um, we have a YMCA very close to where I live. And in the wintertime, we're always walking on the track there mm. or simply set my watch 50 minutes in one direction. The the buzzer goes off and then back home again. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not I, I mean, quite honestly, I think you might be my exercise hero. <laughs> um, but for me, I've got to figure out a way to exercise that fits into my lifestyle. So, um, again, could I exercise more? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Could I eat better? Of, of course I could, but we're trying to balance a busy lifestyle, a mm -hmm. full-time job, um, family, friends, activities. So again, for me, it's walking, I think seems to serve me the best. 
Now it's the the snow is melting in Iowa. Thank goodness. Oh, so, all right. Uh, it's going to be bike weather, and my wife and I will take lots of bike rides. That's, oh, that's the plan wonderful. for this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned uh, exercise hero. First of all, I am honored. <laughs> but second of all, you know, there's a lot of people out there that look at me, look at other people who are as into fitness as I am, and they think that they have to achieve that level of activity levels of workouts and be that intense. That's just not true. You know, if you don't enjoy going to the gym, don't force yourself to do that because that's not going to be long term for you. You find something you enjoy. So that way you're going to make sure you're doing it the rest of your life, something you can build into a habit. So if you like to hike or if you like to ride bikes, whatever it is, that's still exercise. It's still really right. good for you. And right. so that's what I right. want to encourage everyone else that you've found. Obviously, you enjoy walking. You enjoy bike riding. That's fantastic because that still is exercise and you get to have yeah. fun. I have an amazing sister-in-law. Uh, She's my sister. She's a hardcore ultra marathon runner. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, she woke up when she was 45 years old. She's now, you know, in her 70s running ultra marathons. No way. That's incredible. Good for her. I mean, she's run a marathon in every state, almost every country in the world. Wow. She, she's hardcore and good for her. I mean, she's my exercise hero, but it's not a lifestyle I can handle. Mm -hmm. So like eating and like exercise, like what you talk about a lot is find, find something that you can integrate into your life. So you make it a habit Absolutely. and it's not a chore and it's not arduous. And I don't care what your physical limitations are. I know this and I know, you know, this, there's an exercise for you. Yes, most definitely. And then yeah. there's exercises you can do sitting in a chair, you know, there's Absolutely. always That's a way to modify point. it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. That's excellent point. Again, we are just on the same page and everything seems. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's jump back to TCOID. Uh, one okay. of my, well, I, my favorite conference, honestly, that's what I would call yeah. it. It's uh, the first place that I found an in-person diabetic community where I met other people like me and I got to learn in a fun environment. It was amazing. And uh, that's the first place that I actually heard about you. So I would like to know how you got involved. And I know that you speak for them and you're a large part of that event. So, uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, about, I would say, I, and I think maybe eight or nine years ago, uh, I had the opportunity. I was working with um, Abbott Pharmaceuticals, okay. doing some events for them and whatnot. And a local Abbott rep who I was working with um, knew that TCOYD was coming to Des Moines, which is about two hours from me, hmm. and worked with a doctor who was like the sponsoring doctor for that event. And she said, hey, I would Abbott would love to sponsor you to go to TCOYD oh, wow. and speak on behalf of Abbott. And would you be interested? I said, absolutely. I said, okay, great. So she threw my name in. Um, the doctor kind of said, yeah, that would be great. So I got a call from uh, Michelle Day, who is the – kind of the coordinator for the the speakers who come to TCOID mm -hmm. interviewed me. Uh, we had never met and I had explained to her that I, I know a little bit about TCOID and was really excited to be a part of it. And she says, you know, and she asked me a couple questions to make sure that I think I can deliver what they're hoping to. Yeah. She says, well, it sounds great. We'd love to have you. Here's the date um, and show up at this time and ask for me and we'll get you all together. So I, I, you know, I, I mean, I've been speaking for a very long time, so I think I had a good handle on it. 
And I was expecting to speak maybe in a breakout session with, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in the room. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I mentally was prepared for. Yeah. Got to the event in Des Moines, met Michelle. Um, she, she walked me into the room. She goes, I've got you set up um, in this room. And I looked and it was the main conference room where there was a thousand chairs. No way. <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, I can do this, Robert. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, there you go. And so I think, I, I don't know, I, I'm awful hard on myself and I'm, 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 a, I'm a big critic of what I do because I really want to deliver reality and, and good, good ideas and actionable ideas. And when it was all over and done with, um, they said, you have to be part of, of TCOID. Would you speak at another one? Wow. And then- that kind of was it. And so really, I'd say for the for the last seven years, they consider me on the TCOID team. I'm honored to be there. Uh, I get to speak at almost every conference. I do a workshop, a keynote. And it's for me, it's been the most amazing make a difference in someone's moment activity that I could ever imagine doing. That is incredible. So I'm honored to be there. Honored to be there. And I get to meet people like you. See, this is the best part. You never, you know, it's it's like the Forrest Gump thing. You know, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And <laughs> I meet people like you who just expand my horizon and expand my knowledge. And we create this community of influencers that, listen, we're all out there trying to make a difference in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And that is an amazing event. It's incredible. Yeah. I love what he's done with it. He's changing lives and he's allowing us to help him change lives as well. So it's absolutely an amazing place yeah and i've noticed that you have tcoid embroidered on your uh your chef jacket so that's why i was like oh, i think he's actually part of the team and now you're yeah, confirming yeah, that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah do you mind sharing what you talked about on your first talk ever um wow that's a that's a good question so i think what i talked about was i as i did my my cooking workshop where i typically make um two to three dishes and, mm-hmm. I, and I have a table on the stage and I invite people from the audience to join me on the stage to be my official tasters. Ooh. And so, again, <laughs> I am not a dietitian. I'm not a certified registered dietitian of any kind. I'm not a diabetic educator. I'm not a doctor. Uh, although I have three children, Attila, Dracula, and Frankenstein, I'm a psychiatrist of sorts. But the reality <laughs> is I'm a chef living with type 2 diabetes trying to figure it out every day, just like many of the people in the audience are. So I simply took the, the, the courses, I will share what's worked for me. And so mm-hmm. that's what I shared. I shared how I shopped, how I ate, my portion control, how I came up with that, how I designed recipes. And then, of course, I just proved that the recipes I were making were fast and quick and easy and delicious. Yeah, Everything came from a local supermarket. Again, ordinary ingredients turned into something extraordinary. Mm. Simple and easy. These are actionable and easy recipes and tips that anyone could leave that afternoon from the conference and just start doing. No magic, no mystery, no mirrors, no no secret ingredients. Um, simple and easy. That's incredible. And you touched I'm a simple and easy guy. Oh, good. Yeah. That's what I keep that when I cook too. I'm like, all right, how few ingredients can I use to make something amazing? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, who wants to read a recipe with 800 ingredients oh, and spend goodness. five hours in the kitchen? Yeah. You know, and I love to eat, but I, you know, 
it's a part of my life. It, it is, it isn't my entire life, but I, you know, I have an Instapot. I cook, I like, I do different things and you know, yeah. So have you always been dreaming about becoming a chef since you were a little boy or how did that start? Well, I, I always cooked at home. Um, I lost my father at an early age. I was 14 and, and I just found myself at home cooking and, and eating and, you know, just messing around in the kitchen. I loved it because I was creative. It was fun. It was delicious mm. and um, found myself cooking meals for myself while my mother did her thing and just got very interested. And so when high school was over for me, I don't think university was in my DNA just wasn't me. Mm. So I was really looking for somewhere where I could be creative and, and, um, you know, use, use my creativity skills and my passion for cooking. And one day my oldest brother, Howard, uh, we met up and, and he came over and he said, Hey, there's this chef school in New York. And you know what? I think you would love to do that. I think that's a great fit for you. He rode away. We made contact. He kind of jumped right in, kind of was my father figure in that moment, mm. helped me get in. I was accepted and um, off I went, L.A. to New York. Wow. That's, Have a nice day. That's, that's a big move. <laughs> and you said you were 19 when you it moved? Was. I was 19. Wow. I, I Maybe even late, maybe even the end of my 18th year. Holy cow. And, and went to New York, um, went to school, spent two years there. Uh, came back to LA, worked in a in worked for Hyatt Hotels actually for about six years as an executive chef. Oh, wow. So worked in some very big properties, some really awesome experiences. Jumped right in it. That's incredible. And uh, yeah. at a slightly older age, I think I was about twenty two. I made a very similar move from San Diego to New York. <laughs> okay, and uh, wow. I spent three years out there, and then came back to live in LA. So. Um, you did it a few years earlier than me. I thought I was brave for doing it at 22, but wow, before hitting 19, that's, uh, I, I that's a big one. I, you know, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even think I knew what I was doing, but it sounded intriguing. The school looked amazing. Um, and you know, it's funny too, because in 1976, when I graduated May 4th at four in the afternoon, you know, being in the food service industry as a chef wasn't necessarily cool. Like people think it is today, mm. you know? Um, so I think my family thought, are, are you insane? Really? Seriously? <laughs> I mean, don't you really want to be a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. So, so then yeah. what are your current goals with, uh, within the cooking realm or maybe a speaking realm? I don't know. What do you think is next for you? Well, I think I would like to get into teaching cooking, to, to young people that are, that I can inspire to, to take the chef, you know, the course of, of being a chef. And of course, with that might even be integrating this healthy lifestyle way of eating so that they can learn that and bring that to their customers in the restaurant business. Mm. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm doing a podcast like you, mm -hmm. so that's been very fun. I do it with my son, uh, Jason, who is uh, 35. The podcast is called The Happy Diabetic Kitchen, and um, we'll just have more fun than we know what to do with with that. <laughs> so that's been kind of my my goal these days. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit? I always love to speak. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. What kind of stuff do you go over on that? Yeah, so we, we, we there's always a recipe of the podcast. Um, we also have a feature called Because of My Diabetes, which 
you know, I invite people to record a brief message about, you know, because of my diabetes blank, you know, maybe where they've turned uh, lemons into lemonade. And, and I want to hear your story. Uh, we occasionally have interviews. We uh, talk about diabetic topics, but really it's all about cooking, cooking and eating and and creating simple recipes that translate on, on a podcast. I post them on my website. And typically my episodes are about anywhere from 20 to, to 35 minutes. Okay. And then with that, uh, the cooking tips, is it more like a, a walk along? So if someone can listen to the podcast while they're cooking the food, or is it more an overview? It, it's really more of an overview, but I post the recipes on my website okay. in my blog so they can re- reference that. But I, what I want them to do is drool. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the recipe in a way that makes them motivated to go home and say, okay, I can cook that. Mm-hmm. That sounded super easy. Yeah. And then on top of that, so it's, it's healthy. A, <laughs> yeah, it's healthy. So it's kind of a conversation. We have a couple kitchen ma- mascots, Scout and Tucker, that roam around my house, uh, meowing in the background. And it's just really a great time, a sweet time for me and my son to create something that I know um, is making a difference. That's incredible. And how long have you guys been doing that? Um, I think it's been about two years in the making, and I think we're up to our 27th episode. I may not be as regular as I should be, but um, it's fun. Yeah, and you're still getting the content out there and giving people fun ideas for cooking. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. So, again, how can they find you on that? Uh, If you go to my website, happydiabetic.com, you'll see the link for the podcast right on the main page. Anywhere you're listening to podcasts, Google, the Google store, um, the Apple Apple podcast site, just punch in Happy Diabetic Kitchen, Chef Robert Lewis, some – something like that, you'll find it. Okay. And if they wanted to submit one of those voice memos to be on your podcast, how would they do that? Oh, please, please do. So it's super easy. If you go to my website, happydiabetic.com, when you go to the main page, you're going to see a little tab on the far right-hand side that says, um, send a message. And it'll send a recorded message. It'll just punch up your microphone, just record it on your computer. And then when you're done, if you don't like it, you can re-record it and then submit it, and away you go. I know that when I did that, I uh, I recorded it twice. The first one, I was like, "Nope, that's that's terrible. I'm going to do it again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did it, you did, and you did an amazing job. Oh, so, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the way we like to end a lot of our episodes is, I'd like to ask you if you could give your either favorite or most useful tip for someone living with diabetes. What would that be? Um, one size does not fit all. Again, have a lifestyle of consistency. Mm. See your doctor when you're supposed to take your medicine when you're supposed to moderate exercise at a level that's comfortable for you. Maintain a good amount of portions for, for your eating lifestyle and everything in moderation seems to be the, be and eat lots of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no, forget, forget that part. <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be the uh, the theme of this episode. Is we've been chatting about moderation and portions and finding balance in life. So that is excellent advice, and I thank you for that. Can can I throw one more in oh, there? Oh, please do. You know, seek a professional. Mm. I mean, try to avoid too much googling on on 
on the internet for medical advice. Oh man, stay away from WebMD. A lot of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of that is good information, uh-huh. but it's it's geared for one size fits all. And um, you who are listening is not one size that fits all. Everybody's unique. Everyone is different. Spend the time with a good doctor, and if you don't like your doctor. Boot them out, find someone else. That's what I did, and that made a huge difference in my diabetic life. So seek out good advice, people that know what they're talking about. I love it. That is some rock-solid advice, and I uh, could not have said it better myself. So thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, You're welcome. Now, one more time, where can everybody find you? On website or Instagram? Yeah, so um, – I think the easiest thing is go to my website, happydiabetic.com, and you'll find all my social links. I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm on Pinterest. Uh, I'm on Facebook. And all my social links are at the top right-hand side of my website. That'll be the easiest place to find me. Um, and, yeah, join the conversation. I hang out with some amazing diabetic influencers, and um, it's a great community, very caring, very loving community. I love it. I love it. Thank you again so much for coming on today, Chef Robert, everyone. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. He's an incredible guy. He has incredible resources on his website, on his Instagram. He's got cookbooks galore. Uh, Please check him out. And uh, thank you again so much for being on today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time.